Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Daily Roundup on this, a Thursday, September 21st, 2023. I'm David Menzies, and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. Folks, do you know that today is International Miniature Golf Day, and my co-host does not celebrate this day because mini-golf is sexist, and I'll explain what I mean by that later. She is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. How are you doing there, Sheila? I'm dying to know how mini golf is sexist. I don't think you should make the rest of us wait either. Um, do we have an audio problem for me? No. No. Yes, I'm, no? I'm... no. Okay. Yeah. I'm just. I'm. I. I want to know how is mini golf somehow the latest victim of the ire of the cancel culture left. Well, well, Sheila, unlike you, I'm not just another pretty face here at Rebel News. I actually do some research, okay? And I researched wow. the invention of mini golf, and it goes back to 19th century Victorian Scotland. And get a load of this. I always thought mini golf was invented for kids, you know, to let the kids have some fun, you know, create miniature fairways and whatnot. But no, miniature golf was an invention for the female of the species because if you go back to that too point, delicate. pardon me? We're too delicate? No, it was considered, I, I kid you not, it was considered unladylike for a woman to raise a golf club above her shoulders. So therefore, you could not play golf. It would be impossible to drive the, the, the golf ball. So instead of, I don't know, changing the rules and saying, you know what? It's not really that unladylike. <laughs> you know, go ahead, ladies, go golfing. No, we're going to create this little miniature golf course so you never have to raise a golf club over your really? shoulders. <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding you. And, Holy uh, heck, that's I, ridiculous. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's it's fascinating. You know, the lengths at which, like the lengths to which society used to go to, to cater to us pretty little ladies. Um, it's, it was a different time. I, I don't, they in, invented an entire sport for us so that we didn't have to raise our arms above our heads. And they tell me chivalry is dead. I guess it might be. Do you know, isn't the perverse irony in the last 200 years amazing, Sheila? As you just said, we went out of our way to invent a new sport, <laughs> mini golf, to prevent uh, women from causing a scandal by raising their uh, arms <laughs> over their shoulders. And now we here we are in 2023 where we have achieved equality in terms of male and female sports, where there are separate divisions, where the gals are going all out uh, to win medals and uh, uh, compete at their, um, you know, prime efficiency. And suddenly it's become a great idea to allow male loser athletes into the fold to destroy female sports. It's, it's almost as though women in the sporting world have had it so horrible, depending on what century in, 
In one <laughs> respect, like golf, you're segregated to play mini golf, a kid's game. And today, um, if that chick you're going up against in the rugby uh, field actually has a penis and muscles and an Adam's apple, uh, get over it, girl. That's diversity, <laughs> equity, and inclusion. <laughs> Unbelievable. What a time to be alive. <laughs> I you know, know, I just think, what would my great-grandmother say? Um <laughs> She'd it's probably also, use a golf way, club on that guy. <laughs> Great grandma gun, probably for sure. <laughs> um, it's also National Cat and Dog Gut Health Awareness Day. So if you're a cat or dog puking all over your house, this day's for you people. Uh, thanks. Um, we should tell everybody what we're doing here because yes. um, it's a real packed pierogi of a day, Ooh. as they say out here on the prairies. Um, just a wild and crazy day in Canadian politics. And boy, did we ever at Rebel News fulfill our journalistic mandate to tell the other side of the story because tens of thousands of Canadian parents took to the streets of Canadian cities yesterday. I think probably the the single largest simultaneous protest I've seen in a very long time. And we did live through the Freedom Convoy in three years of protesting COVID mandates, but just the sheer numbers of people that were out across all demographics, across all socioeconomic and cultural backgrounds, and I think across all party lines, by the way, uh, they were out protesting against the sexual indoctrination of children in Canadian schools as part of the One Million March for children yesterday. We had journalists all across the country, so we need to talk about that today. But if you get all your news from the mainstream media, and God help you if you do, uh, there were hundreds of people in Ottawa yesterday and not tens of thousands. Like, just thanks, CBC. As long as they remain terrible, though, we'll have a job here at Rebel News. But this is the Rebel News Daily Roundup. It's hosted by my friend David Menzies and a rotating cast of characters. Today, I am the character, co-hosting with David, and we talk about the news of the day or in this case, the news of yesterday, completely unscripted and in a spontaneous way. And we also give our viewers the chance to A, get involved and B, support the work that we do here completely willingly. So if you're watching us on the censorship platform of YouTube, okay, fine. Um, <laughs> there are 1.6 million sets of your eyeballs over there. We don't want to abandon you, but if you'd like to engage in the rigorous debate that we do here in the comment section at Rebel News. Might I suggest migrating over to Rumble or Odyssey, two platforms that don't really care about your politics, which is exactly how I want it. And if you are on Rumble or Odyssey, you can leave a paid chat on Rumble. It's called a Rumble Rant. On Odyssey, it's called a Hyper Chat. If it's over five bucks US, well, friends, we are obligating ourselves to read it on air. But that doesn't mean that that's the hard cutoff for your comments. Uh, sometimes if the comment dollar value falls below that, you know, if we got time, we just might read it. And sometimes we even read the interesting free chats too. So get chatting and you might just see your comment replied to on air by myself and my friend David Menzies. I think that's it. David, let's start the show. Yeah. And Sheila, I'm so glad that as you mentioned, uh, it was all hands on deck for the Rebel News team right across Canada yesterday, covering the One Million March for Children demonstrations, plural. Because once again, the mainstream media didn't let me down when it comes to wokeism <laughs> and lying and propaganda. Sheila, if I come across one more headline in which it is stated that yesterday's event was all about an anti-LGBTQ 
protests. That's how they frame this narrative. They know damn well that's not what this was about. This was about indoctrination in schools, indoctrination over education. This was about the radical trans agenda uh, being embraced. This was about the kind of reading materials getting into schools, which I think may meet the benchmark for pornography. And I'm talking about elementary yeah. school libraries. That's what it was. It wasn't about going after individuals or a group of individuals, but that is how it was framed. And um, I guess, yeah, Sheila, any surprise? No, and through the lies, they whipped up violence, right? Like through the media's lies and the left's lies, although I think I'm repeating myself there, and the uh, union call to oppose these peaceful demonstrations of parents. Like, look at this. CBC reports this as hundreds. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but this is these are new Canadians. It's not just Christians. I mean, at one point at the march in Regina, I thought maybe Sikh Temple had let out. Like, there were so many <laughs> new Canadians there. Um, Sikhs, Muslims, Christians, agnostics, atheists, grandparents, children. Uh, by the way, this is my favorite. Andy Fillmore is the Liberal MP from, I think, Halifax, putting his foot right in his big yap, saying, uh, you may notice some far-right bozos marching in the streets today under the <laughs> ruse of standing up for Canada's kids. Don't fall for it. This is what bigots do. They mask their hatred under the cover of fake <clears throat> causes because they know we won't accept it for what it really is hate and then so i took some photo i these are photos that i took in regina these are far-right bozos according to the liberals oh more for far-right bozos and oh look at these far-right bozos um and we might even have another maybe i just had three photos there because i was sort of on the fly I drove home from regina late last night you know what sheila on that point um, the left is all about, they say, diversity, equity, inclusion. I'll tell you my experience. I was in Toronto at Queen's Park. And I will tell you, hands down, even if you're a hardcore leftist and you're shown photographs of the demonstration and the counter protest, <laughs> when it came to diversity, the Million March for Children was far more diverse. Uh, we're talking, uh, as your photo showed, uh, Muslims, Sikhs, Hindus, you name it. And yet, um, I'll tell you, the, the, the counter-protest, it seemed to be almost exclusively um, white young liberals, right? Yeah, well, yeah white middle-class white liberals. Um, who can afford to not be at work or at school on a Wednesday afternoon, which means these are well-kept, privileged weirdos who think it is their right to have secrets with other people's children. That's what this comes down to. <clears throat> Remove everything else. If a parent says, don't talk to my kid about sex, you should listen. And if you don't listen, you're a weirdo and I want to see the contents of your computer. These uh, people are calling you a hater if you won't allow strangers to talk to your kids about sex. That's what this is about. Oh, and I think it goes further than that. Not just talking, but with the counter protesters, their idea that there should not be any age limit 
on yeah. a child transitioning, you know, when it comes to uh, puberty blockers, when it comes to hormone therapy, even when it comes to the most invasive thing of all, which would be surgery on the, uh, the genitalia of these children. And yet, Sheila, um, look at everything in our society uh, that has an age restriction, tobacco, Alcohol, lottery tickets, driver's licenses, tattoos, voting. piercings. There you go. And suddenly, children that don't even have a say in terms of what's on the dinner menu and what time we're going to eat dinner, suddenly they should be in, um, entitled with the ability to say, at, I don't know, eight years old, you know what? Uh, I'm a gal trapped in a boy's body. Uh, I need uh, to uh, go on the fast track to transitioning. Now, here's the thing, Sheila. Why the rush? Children we know go through phases, right? That's undisputable. Maybe, just maybe, we should wait until they're the age of majority, 18, because that eight-year-old that's saying that now, in a decade from now, might be a totally different cat. And my point of view, if you want to be a man pretending to be a woman or vice versa... I don't care. I don't care. I, I'm, oh, yeah. I care about one thing. Do it on your own dime. You're not going into the yeah, healthcare yeah. system, right? Uh, because I, that's the other perversity here, the entitlement that they get their surgery paid for. Whereas if you have uh, people that maybe a guy wants a nose job to help his self-esteem, maybe a woman wants a boob job to help her self-esteem, that's on your dime. That's the way it works, and that's the way it should work. But I don't want the state paying for that. But at the bottom line... If you want to live your life as a, um, well, I guess Halloween 365, uh, go for it. We have freedom. But as those demonstrators said over and over and over again, Sheila, get your hands off our kids. Yeah. Imagine a day and age where we have to take to the streets to keep strangers from talking to our kids about sex when they're four, when they're five, you know what? Hell, when they're 17, I don't want you talking to my 17 year old daughter about any of this stuff either. Yeah. Uh, but moreover to your point, why do they do this when the kids are young? It's because these people are a, a bit of a self fixing problem, right? They're biologically speaking, they're self sterilizing through cross sex hormones and <clears throat> mutilating surgeries upon themselves. Uh, they've also decided that we can't have children because of climate change, overpopulation, whatever. So they are a bit of a, a self-alleviating problem, right? Like the, there's no second generation of this. So what they have to do is infect other people's children with the mind virus. It's like making other, you have to bite another zombie to make another zombie. You can't just give birth to another zombie. That's what's happening here. So that's why they need to get their hands on our kids is because they're not having their own. I agree with what you said, Sheila, but I think it goes further than that. I'm not exaggerating at all when I say we are seeing Marxism in action. The teachers unions and the school boards and the public sector unions, it's taken decades, yep. but they have been infiltrated. I can't even call them progressives or far left. These are Marxists. And Marxism... Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't think they've been infiltrated, but I'll get back to my point. I'll let you finish yours. 
Yeah, I, I just feel, Sheila, this is Marxism 101 in action, i.e. attack the nuclear family. Uh, secondly, tear down societal norms and rebuild society as a Marxist utopia, which never happens. Just go to Cuba or North Korea or Venezuela if you want the proverbial proof in the pudding. And this is what we're seeing. And I find it egregious and outrageous that publicly funded unions were doing everything they could in the last several days of this month, leading up to uh, yesterday, to bang the war drums, come out and challenge hate. They keep using the word hate. They keep using the phrase, love Trump's hate. I'll let me tell you, before you get to your point, Sheila, I'll tell you what I observed yesterday. First of all, we went to the counter demonstration. They were gathered at the South Lawn of Queen's Park. You know what? Maybe, uh, sorry, Efron, can you roll uh, the second video The second video from Toronto as David's talking so we can just uh, just roll the viz as he's talking so we can see what he's referring to? Already, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, so I th I'm trying to uh, figure out where this is right now. I think that this must have been earlier on. But the point I was getting yeah. to, Sheila, the counter protest uh, took lease on the south lawn of Queens Park, and I would estimate about 600 meters away or so on the north lawn, the million. Uh, March for Children demonstrators. That's where they stayed. And there was no interaction at first. But after about an hour of ranting and raving, uh, the yeah. counter demonstrators, uh, first it was drips and drabs, and then it was a few thousand came to the North Lawn, and they're entitled to do that. But you could tell they were using fear and intimidation tactics. They were completely encircling the protest and they were chanting all kinds of vulgar phrases. They were, you know, as the saying goes, wearing trouble on their shirts. And I'll tell you one thing, Sheila, if it hadn't been for the Toronto police service, their rank and file of setting up a parameter with their bicycles, sort of a, a temporary fence, those LGBTers were going to keep going closer and cl it would be like a yeah. vice coming in. And inevitably, they were looking for a physical confrontation. I am completely certain of that. Sure they were. You know, and thankfully, none of the demonstrators, that's the Million March for Children demonstrators, none of them took the bait. None of them threw a haymaker. And uh, good on the Toronto Police Service for keeping order that day. For I will tell you this, Sheila, if they weren't there, it would have been a Donnybrook. Yeah, uh, I had a much different experience in Regina, and we'll get to that. But, you know, these unions were doing their very best to incite violence against these parents. They they were organizing, they were putting it out to their street teams and using words like hate yeah. and white supremacy and bigotry. And when you tell that to somebody who lives their life on the internet saying, oh, punch a Nazi, punch a Nazi, but the supply of Nazis never quite meets the demand, then the union is identifying parents as Nazis, this is your chance to go finally live your dream to punch a Nazi. And so, you know, that's that's a call to violence against these parents. And thankfully, um, it, it didn't get to that extent in Toronto, although it did get that way in other places. And we'll get to that in a second. Um, and the city of Toronto itself um, 
a government. So supposed to be, you know, a government for all the people. Are not just the people with whom they disagree or who are on their side of the political spectrum. They send out a tweet. The city of Toronto stands with the 2SLGBTQ+. I wish they could get it right, like day, month, year. Like, get it right, please. They put this 2S in the front sometimes, in the back. It's very confusing for me. Anyways, they stand with the alphabet communities and youth. There is no place for transphobia and intolerance in our city. And everyone should feel safe in being their authentic selves. I guess if you're a socially conservative parent, then you are not allowed to be yourself. Today, the trans flag was raised at City Hall. Oh, wow. And, you know, and by the way, speaking of these phony fake flags, there's that trans flag. Then there's the pride flag. Then there's the progress pride flag, which has black and brown um, stripes it. in it because that represents black and brown people. So suddenly sexual orientation and gender identification. Now it's a race thing, too. And by the way, where's I guess, I don't know, um, a color for Asian people. Uh, how come they're out in the cold in that? And then we have the Pride Progress Plus flag with the little purple flurple. I think that's for the intersex people. I'll tell you, Sheila, in our lifetime, there is going to be so many symbols on that flag uh, that you, it'll be a dog's breakfast. It will be the Pontiac Aztec of flags, okay, uh, <laughs> with all the special interest groups they're trying to accommodate. But I'll tell you something, Sheila. What I noticed with the counter-protests, I saw all these phony baloney fake flags. I did not see a single Canadian flag. Maybe there was one and I missed it. But, you know, uh, I'm sure this group looks upon the Maple Leaf as a hate symbol. Uh, I know from speaking uh, to those in the freedom movement, typically who have pickup trucks and in the bed of the pickup truck have a hockey stick with a Maple Leaf flag yep. flying from it. They tell me. Uh, right across the board, Sheila, not a day goes by when they're just driving their truck down the street, minding their own business, and somebody passes them with the raised middle finger because a Canadian flag is being displayed by a Canadian in Canada? That's hateful? This is the mindset of these lunatics that made up the counter-protest yesterday. You know what? Let's show that video again uh, with the sound up, David's vi or that video from Queen's Park. Mm. Um, in much the same way that the Canadian flag just triggers these people into nonsense, when they see a crucifix, oh, they geez. lose their marbles <laughs> like a bunch of demons, like vampires. Uh, let's show this. Oh, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God. The guy on the bike says to the guy holding the cross, you're a demon. 
Mm. I've never seen a bunch of people so triggered by a man saying the rosary. Mm. Um, you know, if he had said it in Latin, I'm sure those people would have started vomiting and their heads spinning around. <laughs> Well, you know, Sheila, I'll tell you, and uh, I'm not exaggerating, when we went to the counter-protest with the, the whole Spirit Unicorn community, um, honestly, the way they present themselves, it was like if Arkham Asylum was real, this was a jailbreak, okay? I mean, if somebody walked by wearing a green suit with black question marks all over it, I wouldn't have batted an <laughs> eyelash. So there's Joker, there's Poison Ivy, there's Clayface. And these people, I'm sorry to say this, I'm not trying to be funny and I'm not trying to be mean. Uh, I, my spidey senses in terms of mental illness were tingling yeah. greatly. These are people in need of psychiatric care. And, you know, typically when we do stories about trans individuals, and I'm talking Jonathan Yaniv, and I'm talking Ash Davis, and I'm talking Busty Lemieux, uh, these are reprehensible people in dire need of a psychiatrist. And they should get mental health. Instead, somehow society has been bent that we are literally allowing the lunatic fringe uh, to set the narrative and that to criticize these people, like I said, most of which I think are mentally ill, just to bring that up, you're the one who is the hater. You're the one who is mentally ill. You're the one that has to be sat down on a couch uh, with a mental health professional and cured of your wrong thinking. Uh, it's absolutely astonishing how we got to this point, Sheila. Well, and it's also astonishing how, I don't want to say idiotic some people are, but so gullible they are to believe the mainstream media when the mainstream media tells you what these protests were about, mm. they're saying it's transphobia, mm. it's this, it's that. And, you know, I, I interviewed a lady in Regina yesterday who's a lesbian. Like, she's like, I'm an open, proud lesbian. And I was out since, night. I think it was like 1981, she said. So she's been in the game a long time. And she was a lesbian when it was not popular to be a lesbian. Mm -hmm. And she's mm -hmm. like, last year we had a gathering of our, like a lesbian community in uh, BC. And she said, you know, who was the keynote speaker, a man claiming to be a lesbian. And she's like, they, they won't even let us be lesbians in a lesbian space. We have to allow men now. And she said, when I spoke out, they told me to leave. Well, that's why we have groups such as gays against groomers and yeah. groups such as LGB without the T because there is a growing number of gay men and lesbian women waking up to the fact that the radical trans movement is not just about erasing biological males and females. It's about erasing gays and lesbians. That that person, that boy who thinks he's a girl at the age of nine and is hell-bent on getting uh, surgery and hormones and all the rest of it, Sheila, well, maybe by the time he passes puberty, he realizes, you know what? I'm not a trans person. I'm a gay person. And they, you know, these people that are part of the two groups I just mentioned, Sheila, they realize that this is a war on gays and lesbians, at least some of them do, and they want no part of this radical lunatic fringe. Yeah. 
Um, we should, I'll talk to you about Regina because my experience in Regina was much different than everybody else's experience in the rest of the country. But moreover, to your point, like I was a, a tomboy and apparently those people don't exist anymore. Um, if you are a tomboy, (laughs) you have an activist teacher and a Munchausen by proxy mom telling you to take cross-sex hormones and cut your boobs off. Um, (sighs) to this day, you know, I still enjoy hunting, shooting, archery, dirt bikes, quadding, the fun stuff in life, the good stuff in life, being outdoorsy. Like, look at me right now. I'm wearing a vintage Coors Banquet rodeo hoodie, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I understand like when you're a, a tomboy doing tomboy things and running around and doing sports, and then all of a sudden your body starts changing and you're like, I don't like this. Luckily for me, it didn't change all that much. <laughs> but I can understand why it would be difficult for other women but once you like get through the fact that your body's doing all sorts of crazy things and it's disorienting, once you get through the other side, you're like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. And I'm a mom with three kids and life is good. And I'm so glad that I grew up in the day and age that I did as opposed to now where girls who were like me would be, uh, well, frankly, uh, made to comply with the gender binary. These people say they're against the gender binary, but once you start to like get into the gray parts of behavior on that, they're like, ah, you're the other sex. Let's operate. Sheila, th- this is a very important and profound point you're making. Uh, it's And it just shows you how society has changed so much. Remember way back in yesterday decade, homosexuality, the love that dare not speak its name. Well, now you can't get it to shut the hell up. Um, And you know (laughs) what? It it really, it wasn't right that people were living their lives in the closet. But I would say this to tomboys. I would say this to young girls who like to do male-oriented things, and that is you stay in the closet. You don't make a display of it in front of the progressives and the Marxists, because like what you said, uh, they're going to you know, frame that as this is obviously a male child trapped in a female body. So you go out into the hinterland, you go out to your backyard and do your tomboying in private, because otherwise uh, the gender benders are going to come for you. Isn't it amazing how society has flipped on this issue, Sheila? Yeah. And so, so, so fast, like overnight, it feels like. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's get to what happened in Regina, because there's a reason I went to Regina. It was like a 15-hour drive. Oh, I know that reason, because I'm contractually obliged not to talk about Regina. (laughs) There are a lot of people after Regina's marketing campaign who are not allowed to talk about Regina. Um, But uh, anyway, I went there because unlike the rest of the country, with the exclusion of New Brunswick, Regina is standing up for parents. And standing up for parents... Regina, I say Regina as in the government in Regina, the government of Saskatchewan, Scott Moe's conservative Saskatchewan party. They have not only said that they're going to do a complete and total re-examination of all the materials used in their schools um, and let parents decide what is being taught to their kids in school. But they are also saying, look, if the activists and the unions try to drag us to the Supreme Court on this and the Supreme Court who tend to be activists as well, side with the activists, will invoke the notwithstanding clause, so the constitutional nuclear button. And they said they will not be overridden because they're acting in the interest of parents. So I went there because um, things are different there. And I wanted to know, okay, the Regina is a heavily unionized city, thanks to decades of the NDP being in power there. 
And they still have a lot of crown corporations. So a lot of people work for the public sector in Saskatchewan. And they are leading the country on this issue. And they're standing up to the unions. They're not listening listening to the mainstream media and, and the other side of this whatsoever. They're only listening to parents, which is how it should be. And I wanted to know, okay, are the unions going to be wild there? Because I thought that if like, this is where the fight is right now. And when I went there, the only, and I'm following along with all my colleagues across the country. And I went there and I see 2000 parents like March for life numbers walking down the street and from all backgrounds, and you know what the opposition was? Roughly five trans cat types trans on the steps cat. of the legislature. <laughs> no kids. They don't have any kids with them. It's just the sea there. And half of those are other people's grandparents telling them to go home and get that purple dye out of their hair. Um, <laughs> like this was the opposition in Regina. And I was like, why is it like this? And you know Why? Because all is lost for the unions there. Mm. They've lost. They've completely lost. Parents have won. They, they aren't fighting there anymore. And so there's a lesson in there yeah. for Ontario, for Alberta, for Manitoba. If you take on the unions and refuse to back down, the unions will just go away and they won't come and fight you once you've said, there's no fight here. The parents have won. It was really something to see. You know, I'm looking at the visuals there, uh, Sheila, and to use one of your favorite words you've uh, dredged up from the 70s, I don't see any weirdos. I see nice, clean, normal. civil people, and they're not screaming, and they're not getting hysterical, and they're not lobbing F-bombs, which is what the counter demonstration yesterday in Toronto, that's all they could do. I tried to get their side of the story because you think a counter protest, that's what they're there for. You're holding a sign in public and I go, Hey, how you doing? My friend, uh, what brings you out here? F off. Right. You know, and it's like, you can't even articulate why you're there. Oh, I see your union rep told you to get your ass out there and hold up a sign saying, God knows what, uh, yet you've never even researched what the issue is. Um, it, it, it was deplorable. And yet you go to the uh, Million March uh, demonstration for children, uh, Sheila, and they're civil, um, they're good-hearted, they can articulate a point of view. Why is it always that way? It, 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 it's just when you see the pro-abortion and um, pro-life groups. It's heaven and hell every time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, as we just saw in those imageries, the imagery there, Christians, Christian women walking shoulder to shoulder with Muslim women in their uh, religious garb, uh, but completely united on this issue. And they're saying we refuse to be denied. You den divided. Uh, you can call us, as Ralph Clyde said, every stinking name in the book. And it doesn't matter. I talked to moms yesterday who said, look, it's our job as mothers to jump in front of a speeding car to save our children. And this is the speeding car. Gender ideology is the speeding car that is coming to kill our children. And either now or later. I'll tell you, Sheila, this is a huge Teutonic shift we are witnessing yeah. with uh, Muslims and Christians getting together. This was not the case 10 years ago. But nope. so egregious is the radical trans uh, ideology in schools uh, that this has brought two diverse groups 
hand in hand. I mean, you wouldn't have seen this a decade ago. Uh, no chance. But this is a trend, not only here in Canada, also in the United States, Sheila. Same thing yep. is happening there. Yeah, this, you know, Justin Trudeau thought he was bringing in future Trudeau voters who would uh, have allegiance to him uh, forever. Um, but he forgot that they might actually be social conservative. And, and so here we are. And you know what? To the great shame of the Conservative Party of Canada, they're nowhere to be seen on this issue. And oh, it, Sheila, frankly, it's a disgrace. It's in, a disgrace. You know, Trudeau uh, tweeted out, thankfully, because it's going to cost him at the polls, that he's all in with the spirit unicorn community. Uh, Jagmeet Singh actually marched in a counter protest. So we know yeah. exactly where he is. But where, oh, where is Pierre Polyev and the Conservatives? I came across one story. There was a gag order issued yeah. where no yeah. MPs were allowed to weigh in on this. This was the biggest news story in Canada, Sheila, yesterday. And the conservative M MPs are told to, uh, to be like the, um, the three monkeys, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Are you kidding and me? And isn't evil, isn't evil the right word? Too, uh, yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and Sheila, this is not leadership. This is the opposite of leadership. Pierre Polyev being told by some uh, behind-the-scenes operative to uh, know your role and shut your mouth. Are you kidding me? You want to be the Prime Minister of Canada. I want to know where you are on this issue. You know, it's funny. On the Wilkow show yesterday afternoon, coming home from the protest, uh, Sheila, I heard Andrew Wilkow interviewing, uh, forgive me, I can't remember his name, but it's someone who's running to be the governor of Missouri, and when it came to this file, you knew exactly where he stood, right? He could have been a demonstrator at the Million March uh, for Children uh, protest yesterday. He wasn't mincing his words. He was saying what he meant, and he meant what he said. And meanwhile, the Conservative Party of Canada Stay in the penalty box. Keep your mouth shut. Don't answer any reporters' calls. This is unbelievable, Sheila. Well, and I don't know if you saw. Well, you'll see in my video later. Um, but in that clip uh, that I had from Twitter, it, it was like 50-50 in some parts of the protest in Regina. Yep. People holding up signs that said, way to go, Scott Moe. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Scott Moe. The... This is such an important issue. There were people in there who said, I was an NDP voter. I'm going to vote for Scott Moe because of this issue, holding up signs in support of a conservative premier. Not only are they rallying around their parents, but they're also rallying around the people brave enough to take a stand as Has far as politicians go. But Sheila, has this party not learned? Uh, let's talk about no. the last disaster of 2021 with Aaron O'Toole. Freedom where Convoy. Two, yeah, two fantastic weeks to begin that election. And then suddenly, you know what? Um, gun control and carbon taxes, that seems to be a real hip thing with the... I guess, false illusion that, well, we've got the conservatives uh, in our corner, the grassroots conservatives, that is. Um, let's reach out to the liberals with some liberal light policies and try to woo them over. Well, then why liberal light when I can get full liberal classic? And here we are seeing this again. And, and to me, this is the third misstep. You know, I mean, I, Pierre Polyev, for the most part, has been saying and doing all the right things. But then when I see a story such as um, 
Oh, uh, Warren Kinsella going through his buddy at the Toronto Sun, Brian Lilly, to get Pierre Polyev to condemn Christine Anderson, which he did, yeah. uh, like he was some circus mule being led around by the nose. And then uh, when I see... And by the way, when he did that, he threw his own MPs under the bus. Yeah. For meeting with her. Yeah. 100%. Smart moves. And then when I see him, uh, when he's asked a question, you were posing with a, a photo where someone was wearing a shirt. There are only two genders. Do you agree with that? Uh, instead of saying, look, I'm here to talk about real issues. I'm not getting into that. Or instead of saying what I'd like to hear him say, yes, there are two genders. He goes, no, I don't agree with it. I, I mean, I would have said, like, if we're here to talk about fashion, let's talk about Freeland's shoes. Yeah, <laughs> her dresses, <laughs> but, you know, but, like turn it around on them. But, uh, you know, he's so good at thinking on his feet sometimes on uh, fiscal issues. He's got to get better on social issues. 100 percent. And Sheila, this party is playing with fire because I know the polls look really good. Some even suggesting a majority conservative government if an election were her, uh, held today. But if you take for granted your grassroots supporters You'll have what happened with Aaron O'Toole back in 2021. Uh, people aren't going to switch their vote to NDP or Liberal. They're just going to stay home. They're just not going to support you. And this was, uh, you know, and I hope uh, maybe they can do some damage control. Maybe by the end of today, although I doubt it, Pierre Polyev will say something. But missing in action is not leadership. Right. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of liberals or disaffected liberals who are saying to the conservatives, give us a reason to vote for you. Yeah. <laughs> give us a reason. We, we would love to switch parties, but you got to give us a reason. This could be the reason. Uh, you know, it was very disorienting for me yesterday. And I, I know we got to move ahead because we should talk about what happened in Ottawa because Stompy the Riot Horses were back out again. <laughs> um, so hide your grandmas and hide your disabled people. Um but it was very disorienting for me to deliver a petition, the Stop uh, Classroom Grooming petition, to a government that is against classroom grooming. And normally I give petitions to the bad guys, right? I give them to the bad guys to say, look, 40,000 people disagree with the crazy thing that you're doing today. Well, I went to Saskatchewan to say 40,000 Canadians across this country are encouraged by your leadership and they need you to fight on. And so... Uh, I delivered a petition to their education minister yesterday, and I put a nice little note that says this uh, petition is on behalf of 40,000 of my fellow Canadians cheering for you to fight on and lead the country in this issue and to not back down. And uh, it was weird after three years of fighting with the government to actually applaud a government for leading the way it was um I, I felt dizzy afterwards a little bit. <laughs> well, Sheila, I got to tell you, we're way overdue for an oh, ad I know. break. And on the other side, maybe we should run a video of uh, um, Miss Lavoise. Why am I um, freezing up with her first name? Alexa. Okay. Alexa yeah. Lavoise experience in Montreal yes. with the love Trump's hate community. Will you see that one, folks? Come on out November 25th, it's all aboard the Freedom Train in Niagara-on-the-Lake. You can check Rebel News for updates and also the Freedom Passport site. Tamara Leach, who led the Truckers Convoy, will be sharing the stage with some of the finest international recording artists. Like the Chops Horns from New York City, who's played with Alicia Keys, Stevie Wonder, the Rolling Stones, and many more. Plus New World Sun, just off a European tour, and the legendary R&B master... Oh. Leroy Emanuel. 
Get on the Freedom Train with Tamara Leach. Saturday, November 25th at Niagara on the Lake Central Community Center, 680 York Road. Get your tickets today at freedompassport.ca. The Freedom Train is coming. Know your rights. Know your freedoms. Hey, Ben Shapiro here. This November, the Wilberforce Project is bringing me to Canada. If you want to fight the woke machine destroying families, join me in Calgary for my talk, hosted by the Wilberforce Project. Go to benshapirolive.ca for info and tickets. You know, that Leroy Howard clip, uh, Sheila, where he does that, oh, did that not, is he not channeling Hacksaw Hacksaw Jim Duggan? Hacksaw Jim Duggan. (laughs) I can't tell the difference. I know. Anyways, as I said, I think we do have some video of Alexa Lavoie in Montreal um, going up against Antifa. Uh, Talk about not having truth in advertising. Antifa, of course, is a contraction of anti and fascist. It's so perversely ironic, isn't it, Sheila, that they use all the tactics of fascism, i.e. violence and uh, canceling people and doxing people. And they're they're just horrible, horrible human beings, uh, to tell you the truth. And um, hopefully some of them or most of them are going through a phase in life where they're going to have that uh, come to Jesus moment that they're really being pricks and they're not doing anything but being belligerent and trying to shut down freedom of speech. But in any event, um, let me zip it and we'll throw to uh, Alexa's report in Montreal. C'est ça ce qu'on est en train de dire là. Ils sont en train de nous attaquer puis il n'y a personne qui réagit. So Sheila, explain what we just saw there. Okay, so we see uh, somebody trying to get in between uh, the peace and love counter-protesters and Alexa, who is standing with the parents, and Guillaume is there too. And one the one man says, hey, don't touch the women. The man with his arms out says, don't touch the women. Yep. And then uh, the guy behind him reaches out and cracks Guillaume's camera. And you can see Guillaume cleaning his lens because somebody has treated his camera to a, a little quick blast of rustoleum. Isn't it amazing? We we don't see that kind of uh, those kind of tactics rather on the other side, Sheila. I, I didn't see anyone at Toronto at least uh, trying to throw haymakers, bringing out spray paint uh, cans. Uh, how odd, and, and again, I don't mean to be repetitive, but it's the counter-demonstrators that call themselves the love Trump's hate community. Uh, nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, I hope we follow up with the police, although given the Montreal Police Service yeah. is the worst in Canada, and considering Calgary is part of Canada. That's saying something, folks. But um, that's clearly um, assault captured on camera. I can tell you with me, I I did give uh, a tip of the hat to the Toronto Police Service for their role, except for one. At one point at the counter demonstration, Sheila, I was trying to interview someone and this person 
Oh, and by the way, this was another observation. I I've never seen so many face diapers uh, out in public this late in 2023 as with the counter demonstrators. It's so funny that they were all wearing hats, sunglasses, face diapers, so that you could barely identify them. But he was, um, you know, put, uh, putting an air horn in my ear and uh, pressing the button. And I'm telling you, Sheila, that is a form of assault. That yep. is super loud. It's headache inducing. And uh, there was an officer, maybe nine, 10 feet away. And I said, officer, come on, you see, this was on the third earshot that I received. I said, come on, can you do something about this? And he just shrugged. And yeah. I know the philosophy, it's, well, I'm deep in enemy territory. Uh, we'll turn a blind eye to lawlessness because for us to go in and arrest this guy, uh, the other spirit unicorns will go uber hysterical. Uh, that's not good law enforcement. That's garbage. And nobody, whether it's a demonstrator or a member of the media that these people don't like, should have to endure that. Yeah. You know what? Let's uh, try to keep our talking to a minimum and let's get through some of these like the bad behavior okay. of the other side, because, David, I just want to tell you, you came up in trial today. Ezra's on trial right now <laughs> for heard. writing his book, The Libranos, <laughs> and your little cheeky tongue in cheek comment about regime change came up in court. Uh, so we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> like the outrageousness in this country never takes a day off. It's the hardest working thing in the country is tyranny because Ezra right now is on trial for writing a book critical of Justin Trudeau and publishing it when a book critical of Justin Trudeau would sell during the election period. Like right. he is in trouble. He wrote an illegal book. If you ask the, the regime that David Menzies wanted changed, yeah, but let's and get Sheila, what was it? 22 other books were written that year. Uh, what was it there? Oh, that's right. They were all pro Trudeau books. So nothing to see here. You can publish those during an election. 24 year. other books, but let's, oh. we'll go to that in a second. Let's finish it. Let's <laughs> button up our coverage of the, um, uh, one million march for children okay. and we'll go to just some of the bad behavior be and then you'll see all the good behavior in our reports from cities all across the country um, you'll see protesters parents moms dads grandmas telling you exactly why they're there and why they're fighting for their kids but let's talk about the bad guys for a second so we've got a, a video from lincoln if you want to dig this up count and this is from ottawa counter demonstrator at the million march for children blocks and Simone and Lincoln from walking down the street and tries to knock Lincoln's camera out of his hands. Let's roll that one. Is this your friend? You don't want to. People don't want to. Just take it. I don't know. Get the f out of here. Oh, you little. Uh, if Lincoln were on the left, there would be um, a public inquiry for that violence committed against him. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, you're so right. Uh, and um, we know how that public inquiry would go, too. But it, it isn't it amazing uh, how our so-called colleagues in the media, when any of this ever happens, I mean, Sheila, you've been punched in the face by a fake feminist uh, I've had you've been assaulted over again, over yeah. and over again. And the worst one being by uh, blackface's uh, personal uh, thug security guards. 
and not a peep. Or in the case of David Aiken lying about the assault, saying I was being charged, there was never a charge. Um, that was uh, just garden variety thuggery. But uh, you're so right. Uh, when it happens to us, uh, nothing to see here if Rachel Gilmore, the unemployed journalist, <laughs> has a mean tweet sent out about her. Oh, my God in heaven. Uh, it's the end of humanity. Uh, the double standard is so gross. Uh, you know, I, I, I just don't have words for it anymore, Sheila. Yeah, a day that goes by on the internet that I don't get called the C word is an abnormal and unusual day. But if she gets that, uh, she has to go to, uh, I don't know, to get a therapy Starbucks sugary drink so she can make it through the day. Um, <laughs> let's keep going. Um, bad behavior again. This one from also from K2, Kian Simone. He, and he issues a language warning. So take that for what you will. Um, Ottawa bystander shouts at kids. Oh God. She looks exactly how I thought she'd look. Um, <laughs> she, she shouts at kids participating in the pro parents protest. She says, mama's boy still sucking on the titty. Oh. Uh, what a vulgar, gross lady. Like just oh. berating kids who, who don't want to hear about their teacher's sex life. Really, that's what this comes down to. But anyways, let's roll the good behavior from the bad guys. She's yelling at kids like she's yelling at kids. What a hero this lady is. I will be amazed if I find out that she's not a public school teacher. Oh, you know what? And will be fully protected and probably even honored uh, for taking such a brave, courageous stance. But Good Lord, can you imagine waking up to that every morning? I mean, oh, Juliet, Juliet, wherefore Look, art thou? I'm, I'm no prize, but I'm not yelling at kids on the street. Oh, um, let's let's go to Hamilton. Uh, yes. Efron Monsanto. Like, look, this is how busy we were yesterday. Our Efron, who is in charge of all of our video production on the other side, he's the Sheila of the videos, and he was out in the field working because we just wanted to make sure we did this in this movement justice because you can't trust the mainstream media. So he's got far left count protesters screaming at a Hamilton police officer for creating a police line between them and the 1 million March for children. So this cop says, okay, we're going to do what we are here to do. And that is keep the peace and make sure that everybody is of good behavior. Although I think that was a pretty tall order yesterday with some of these guys. <laughs> um, now God naturally he's wearing a mask wearing a mask and uh anyways he's yelling at a cop and these are the people by the way that the left support in this country so yep. the institutional left the liberals the ndp the city of toronto the mayors the teachers unions the education system these are the people that they are going to bat for well done guys watch this do you want to support folks to be able to leave peacefully or do you want to fucking escalate? 
That shit's on you. You know what? You want to be a fucking cunt? Be a fucking cunt. We've opened up a lane so people could leave safely. You want to be fucking rude? Go fuck yourself. I don't know why you're starting to swearing at me. Does it matter? It's okay. Funny, I thought they're promoting love. You know, Sheila, I really think that if you have to default to profanity and if you have to default to personal insults to make your point, well, really, you don't have a point, do you? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and if you don't have a point, why not lie about it, as is the case with Vice? So Vice News yesterday, failing Vice News. So this is exactly the reason we had journalists out everywhere across the country, in Ottawa, in Regina, where it was 2,000 to literally five, a minivan's worth of activists, I called them on the other side. (laughs) Um, You know, parents outnumbered the other side over and over again. Now, the other side is outsized in their bad behavior, so they get a lot of attention, but the peaceful marchers dwarfed the union activists, even though the union activists are well-funded, well-organized, they're having Zoom organization calls, um, and they've got the backing of the liberals and the mainstream media operating as uh, their funders, but also as their press secretaries. The parents are completely organic by and large. But Vice News says, anti-trans groups stage protests across 77 Canadian cities. You know, that should be the headline. Parents' rights demonstrators stage nationwide protests in 77 Canadian cities. That's enormous for a simultaneous Canadian protest. Anyways, they say uh, instead they were largely outnumbered in the thousands by trans rights activists. That's outrageous. Really? What a bunch of BS. You just told me not to use profanity to make my point, but that's absolute BS. Anyway, and it says anti-trans protester flees after being surrounded by trans rights activists. Uh, well, yeah, if you're being surrounded you by people them. who are hysterical and mentally unhinged and might even be packing a weapon or two, maybe fleeing is a good idea. You know, Sheila, who thinks this is a, a good image to promote the other side? This shows bullying and intimidation and threats. Mm. Like Good this point. is a, yeah. mo- a mob surrounds you and then the the left says, oh, look at what a bunch of heroes we are. 50 of us intimidated this lone peaceful man for disagreeing with us in the public square. How do they think this image helps them? They're, are they that yeah. far gone? I guess they are. They are because you were referenced it earlier, Sheila. What you hear on campus by the loony left these days is that phrase you said, punch a Nazi. Now, Nazi in their definition, that doesn't mean somebody hell-bent on world conquest, somebody trying to carry out a genocide. That means somebody who has a differing opinion. And instead of having a debate like we used to in the good old days, you use physical violence. You are entitled to throw a haymaker because you've been offended by somebody having a contrary opinion. That's where we are. So based on that, Sheila, I can fully see why Vice is jumping up and down in glee over that image. Yeah, yeah. Now, let's uh, let's talk about Ezra. He's on trial right now in oh. Ottawa. Uh, is it Ottawa or Toronto? I think Toronto, it's Ottawa. I believe. Is it Toronto? 
Someone correct me. I Mr. forget. Uh, he's traveled so much. Yeah, I think it's in federal court in Toronto, Sheila. Okay, he's traveled so much this week, I've lost track of where the boss is. Um, But he's on trial for writing a book called The Lebranos, which we published prior to the last election, which is when you would need information detailing the liberals' corruption. And we also had some fun lawn signs and some fun posters and I think uh, even a mouse pad, which I had for the longest time (laughs) until I spilled coffee on it. Um, And... So apparently his book was illegal, which um, Ezra says, as he says, Banana Republic, I'm on trial for writing a book about Trudeau called The Libranos. Um, in he is right when he says that we need this trial is so important because it's whether or not the right to criticize the government lives or dies. Like your books in a free society should not be approved by the government, right? Like that, like <laughs> that when you say it that way, it makes perfect sense. However, Ezra's in trouble. They're they're trying to catch him as they always do um, to conservatives on campaign finance violations. They're basically saying that this is a donation in kind to the Conservative Party of Canada if you criticize the liberals. So um, that's what's happening right now. And as it would turn out, David's cheeky little comment that he made at one point, we can bring that up, Ezra's tweet. Um, Elections Canada quotes David Menzies, our reporter, who cheekily called for regime change on election day. Which should come as no surprise that we would love to not see the liberals in power anymore. I think that it would be good for the country. And David is a not just a journalist, but a commenter. And he's allowed to say what's on his mind, unlike, uh, you know, look. Like, well, not unlike the CBC, they get to bash conservatives all the time and they get paid to do it by the federal government. But if you do it um, and I guess not take money from the feds, apparently that's a campaign finance violation. By t- telling the truth about the liberals counts as a campaign finance violation, a donation in kind to the conservatives. Sheila, I've, n- I've never seen a bigger nothing burger than that. Regime change, that's used on both sides of the political spectrum. Sure. It's not me saying, uh, let's have regime change by promoting some kind of, oh, I don't know, armed insurrection. It's just a change in government. If I simply said change in government as opposed to regime change, uh, would that have been so inflammatory? So we're really, we're just dealing with semantics here. And that's what the federal uh, government lawyers have. That's their, uh, you know, shocking reveal that I said regime change. I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Sheila. Do you see anything wrong there? No. (laughs) Is that a a trick (laughs) question? Of course not. But that is not all the the government has against the boss man. Um, Because there's something else. Mm. Uh, they're really going after, um, they're really going after us here because, uh, there's also a drawing that we did that our graphics team did. Um, if you could uh, bring that up, uh, there's a very (laughs) scary graphic that we, we did. um, (laughs) Not that cartoon. (laughs) Yeah. And they brought it up and they said that this is also... Ezra says, I swear to God, Elections Canada's lawyer is complaining about this. They said this is one of the reasons they convicted us of publishing an illegal book. And it was 
back in 2020 when the government demanded that uh, they that Ezra produce his private editorial notes as a journalist and author. They said, okay, send us your editorial notes and maybe we'll <laughs> let you off the hook. Like send us your sources of where you came to these conclusions and the evidence in your book, The Lebranos. And so we did. We put this in, we had our graphics team draw up this little like, haha, Ezra. There's Ezra laughing as he's putting it in there and he's writing a book and then he made lawn signs and then he made some money. And then there's Justin Trudeau crying in his I like weed t-shirt. We sent this to them as evidence of our editorial notes on the book and they got super mad. And so that came up before too. <laughs> Oh, you know, Sheila, we're having fun with this, but and it's outrageous, uh, both what I said and that that silly cartoon. But here's the deal. Um, the X factor, as with any trial being held in front of a judge, well, the judge is the X factor. And, and I, I know two veteran criminal lawyers more than 30 years in the business, Sheila. They both tell me the identical thing. They all over their career, they've gone into court saying, there's really no way um, my client can be found guilty on this. And guess what? At the end of the trial, guilty. And conversely, this is the proverbial shite case. My client doesn't have a hope in hell. And guess what? At the end of the trial, not guilty. That's how far uh, the thing can swing. And you never know what the judge is thinking. Uh, so we're having a laugh at this. We think, you know, the uh, prosecution's case is ludicrous and ridiculous, but can we get into the brain of the judge, uh, you know, hearing this? No, we can't. So we'll see when that uh, judgment is rendered. Um, what are your feelings on if we're going to be given a, a fair shake here, Sheila? I'm not sure. This is an appeal of an existing conviction. For those of you who don't know, Ezra was actually convicted of the crime of an illegal book and then he was issued a $3,000 fine. Now, you might think we're mad <laughs> to be spending tens of thousands of dollars fighting a $3,000 fine, but it's the point of it all. Yeah. That you're, you should not, there's no such thing as an illegal book in Canada. And I think it's pretty interesting. These people who are willing to put, uh, who are right now calling, like the government itself is calling parents bigots for wanting to get actual pornography out of the school library. <laughs> simultaneously calling an illegal book, the one Ezra wrote, full of true facts about liberal corruption. That's the problematic book for these people. But some of the things that are coming out of this courtroom and people, if you are on Twitter or whatever they call it now, X, Follow the boss. He is in court live tweeting his own trial. <laughs> this is something only done at Rebel News. But anyways, he says, Trudeau's lawyer said, it's not enough that the censorship of Ezra's book may chill free expression. Ezra has to prove that it chilled free expression or else it's perfectly fine. So oh, really? not that, he, yeah. So he has to prove that it it, it served to shut him up. Trudeau's lawyer said the fact that pro-Trudeau books continue to be published show that there isn't a chilling effect. <laughs> what? what? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. That's the point. If you write a pro-Trudeau book, you're not going to be hauled in front of this, uh, uh, any kind of a court or a judge. I mean, uh, that's crazy. 
It gets worse. I can see why uh, Ezra said, I swear to God, he said that. <laughs> Trudeau's lawyer also said, we can't presume that censoring the Libranos will have a chilling effect. Okay, but how many self-published authors are willing to go up against the government to tell yeah. the truth? There's there you would you would never know who self-censored because of this. You would never know. And that's the point. If you don't know what the chilling effect is, then you can't do something that would cause a chilling effect. Um anyways, it's it's uh Trudeau's well, lawyer, Justice Department lawyer also said that quote unregulated media are a threat to elections in Canada. Oh, are unregulated they media? He said that. Can you imagine? Yeah. That that's kind of like they're playing their cards out in the open, isn't it, Sheila? We oh, want to control are, and regulate you. Are are they really a threat to elections or Justin Trudeau's re-election yeah. efforts? That's I think what's going on there. Unbelievable. Well, okay. Sheila, I can't believe it. We're, we're already past two p.m. and um, I'm not sure if we had some super chats coming. We do. We do. Uh, we've got uh, five bucks from Kane and Mark. He says, I'm excited to see my favorite power couple. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is yeah. so not a power couple. I never, never imagined being 50% uh, of a power couple. But what, what an honor it is to be with uh, Sheila Gunn-Reed. She is a powerful, strong woman. And she's not playing any mini golf on this international mini golf. She's going to the real golf course. <laughs> I like going to the driving range. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're like Donnie and Marie. Uh, I'm a little bit country. He's a little bit rock and roll or yacht rock radio, <laughs> depending. Um, let's keep going. Uh, let's go. Fraser McBurney, quite the fine recidivist with a real affinity for caps lock. Because yep. it's five bucks and says, from every hamlet to big city, what a success the million man march was, or should I say the two million man march was. Now it's time to elect a responsible school board, fire the loonies. Uh, well, mm. you know what? The fear of the left and the fear of these activist unions, uh, it reveals a lot yep. about how rattled they are about this first just little taste of resistance after four decades of their unabated madness in the classroom. The first time parents stand up and they lose their marbles. It makes me so happy to see. Push on. With good reason, Sheila. They know what happened in Virginia. They know exactly. what happened that at the school board level, the lowest um, level of public elected office in North America, that that brought around regime change on election day. Uh, when the Republican defeated the Democrat, that all stemmed from those school board protests. So um, it's not theoretical what can happen. Yep. Uh, Chris Kjell gives us five bucks. I don't care what type of friction you like in your bedroom. It's not your right to indoctrinate children. Yeah, I remember. I remember seeing my grade six science teacher one time in church. And he had his wife and his kids with him. And I was like shocked to find out he wasn't just some sort of education robot. Like to find out that he was like a human being with a life was weird to me because they didn't talk about their personal lives yeah. to other people's kids. And that's how it should be. Take us back to that better time. I don't want my kid to know anything about you, yeah. your likes, your dislikes, uh, who you're married. I don't care about any of that stuff i don't want you to talk to my kid about what you did on the weekend just teach if you wouldn't mind please 
But we, Sheila, we live in the day and age of woke mathematics where yeah. if uh, little Johnny or Janie answers the question of two plus two equals five, you know, it's not necessarily the right answer, but it's not the wrong answer either. It's it's very fluid, right? Um, I can only imagine 20, 30 years from now, the kind of um, graduates we're going to get out of school if we don't put our foot down in terms of indoctrination trumping education, Sheila. It's going to be a, a scary uh, sampling, I would say. Yeah, I mean, China is teaching kids uh, complex mathematics in grade five and six, and we are teaching them, um, well, maybe you're a cat. <laughs> so so uh, the world is going to get taken over, and it's going to be because of this nonsense, and yep. um, maybe we have it coming. Um, Nanny Love 22 gives us five bucks. Any truth to a news video from India stating that Trudeau's plane may have been delayed due to finding drugs on board? You two are the best. You know what? I wouldn't be shocked to find out that that were the case because just drugs, certain drugs being legal, depending on what province you're in, some of them, all of them are legal. Yeah. Um, so would it surprise me? I don't know. But I think it, it's less complicated than that. Although I think I might file an access to information request in a couple of days here, just once the uh, frantic emails get shot around. Uh, amongst uh, the Department of Defense who are in charge of the Challenger. Um, I don't know any credibility to this article or not. I, I think it's probably just less complicated. Justin Trudeau is inconsequential in India and inconsequential at an Indian airport, and he is not a high priority. And so they probably just couldn't get his plane off the tarmac because they don't care about him. And it was a final insult after he spends so much of his time insulting them. And if it's true, Sheila, it would uh, add fuel to the fire that uh, this whole um, allegation of an assassination of a Canadian on Canadian soil uh, is being uh, driven by Trudeau in a malicious fashion for getting back at India for the way he's been humiliated twice now. Um, and uh, again, uh, this is Diplomacy 101, a huge violation, Sheila, in that if you have something that serious, and that is serious, you know, an ally, a, uh, another democratic state uh, allegedly killing a Canadian on Canadian soil, then you can't go by allegations and hearsay. You have to be 100 percent positive this is a fact and we don't have that information do we no that's exactly it um, what a fiasco yep okay let's keep going we've got another one from sharon donner 78 it's a buck so what's the lesson here people at home sometimes if you donate under the <laughs> limit we'll read your comment anyway uh gives us a buck i have watched the various location filmings i was at the kitchener city hall event with of course the one million March for Children group standing up for my five children. Um, Good. Fraser Mc yeah, great. Fraser McBurney again, look at the black shirts arresting and pushing peaceful Canadian marchers. Who else in history dressed in black shirts? We all have memories of Germany. Yeah, the Antifa thugs. They, mm. uh, they're the worst. Um, by the way, um, just based on some of Ezra's tweets, he thinks the judge is against us. Um, in court today, it's Justice Strickland, Ezra says in one of his tweets, uh, 
This judge is fine with the idea of authors being summoned to disclose their plans to the government. And uh, another tweet from Ezra Strickland is asking a series of questions to Rebel News super lawyer, Aaron, uh, that seem unsettlingly fine with the idea of publishers being required to disclose their publication plans to the government. Creepy. Now, this is far different than what happened to me in Alberta. I also was almost in trouble for the same crime. My book, I think it was Stop, yeah, it was Stop Notley, uh, about the NDP's uh, reign of terror here in Alberta, and it included exactly what Ezra's uh, book did, uh, a marketing campaign that was fun little lawn signs and a billboard, and we launched it right before the election, which is when a book about the last government in power would sell. Um, and I was interrogated by an ex-cop working for the elections commissioner about oh, yeah. why, I, why I wrote the book and I just recorded the conversation. I remember that, that well, yes. They just dropped the issue. Yeah. Uh, well, he <laughs> came across that, as a first-class ass, that guy. Well, yeah, he wasn't... Uh, I don't think that he knew what he was up against. <laughs> I think he just thought, oh, there's this this lady journalist who wrote a book and let's go slap her with a fine. And we had pulled documents knowing that the fix was in. They basically convicted of us, convicted us before they even uh, even tried to interrogate me. And then they said, actually, no, wait, that mulligan <laughs> and uh they decided actually no we didn't mean to do that and then they withdrew the fine against me so um i almost had an elections finance conviction and i think i did have an elections finance commission conviction but then they were like actually no we're not going to give you that five thousand dollar fine we're going to rescind that now that you publicly embarrassed us by re recording our conversations together so um but this is going completely the other way for ezra because they've convicted him fined him He's appealing, and it sounds like the judge is um, straight out of Orwell. Is there a, another appeal that can be launched uh, if things do not go our way, Sheila? I'm not sure. We'll find out. Ezra's in court. I'm sure he'll have an update. I think his Ezra Levant show today is on the trial, and with yeah. that, we'll be we'll, people will know exactly what happened. You'll get Ezra's thoughts on what went down, and... Uh, I don't think we'll have we'll know whether or not we're the appeal is denied today. I think we'll probably get that judgment at a later date, but uh, people will know how they can get involved to help Ezra because this is not just about us. This is about your right to criticize the government in whatever venue you want, including books and on social media. Isn't it amazing, Sheila? And, and yet the silence is deafening when it comes to media organizations, Penn Canada. Uh, I was going to say, where Atwood? are those jerks? Uh, where it, are those jerks at Penn Canada who take my 75 bucks or whatever it is a year so that I can be a member of Penn Canada because I'm an author, a censored author at that. And I, I, I join every year. I pay my membership dues just so I can, in good faith, complain when they do nothing. Wow. Because they have my money. They're doing nothing. Sounds like to me, Sheila, you're overpaying by $74.99. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, uh, let's keep going. Uh, so anyways, yes, Ezra's uh, subscribers only show uh, on rebelnewsplus.com. Uh, I'm sure uh, he'll have more thoughts about what happened in court today. Uh, one last uh, chat before we go from Snowy Roof. 
Remember Edmonton when a teacher was fired for giving a student a zero for assignment not being turned in? I know exactly that. His name was Lyndon Dorval. Yep. And he, he was a teacher and he the kid didn't do the work, so he marked it appropriately and he was the guy who got in trouble. I remember and, uh, that story well. Yeah. Um, yeah. How can he give any mark of any quantity for an assignment that was never handed in? But what was the deal there, Sheila? The student had his feelings hurt, even though he did zero yeah. work. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And no one is deserving of anything less than 51%. Um, that teacher is a hero for standing up against the tyranny of the, uh, of the school board uh, in that case. And um, I wonder how many of those teachers remain in our school, Sheila. Um, you know, the ones that are basing their decisions, oh, I don't know, in this crazy concept called merit, as opposed to hurt feelings. Um, uh, that, that's what I truly wonder. And if, there, and if those teachers do exist, uh, I fear with the cancel culture that we live in, um, they know it's best for their financial wherewithal to keep their mouth shut uh, because you're going up against, um, well, basically leftist tyranny today. You know, that was nine years ago, by yeah. the way. Lyndon Dorval, uh, he said he didn't want any publicity and he wasn't trying to be anybody's hero. He was just trying to be a teacher. Yeah. Like, and um, what happened was he was fired from the school um, and he was under attack from his union for unprofessional conduct. It <laughs> You know, Sheila, it, it's like you you wouldn't you wouldn't believe this if you saw this on an episode of Monty Python's Flying Circus. He's the professional. He's the adult in the room. These other woke idiots are the ones that are uh, generating a graduation class in which little Johnny and Janie can't spell cat if you spotted them the C and the T. Yeah. So here's what happened. He was suspended and eventually fired from his job teaching physics at Ross Shep in Edmonton in 2012 for giving out zeros, which is, was against school policy. Um, he, he took it to the Provincial Appeals Board, which ruled that Dorvel was treated unfairly, but he still had to face charges of unprofessional conduct from the ATA, that's the teachers' union, for his actions related to the incident. He was accused of failing to follow the school's policy, not returning students' exams to the school, and not attending staff meetings. I wouldn't attend staff meetings at that pit of jackals either. <laughs> um, he said the complaint was brought before the union. So the, the, this is the superintendent trying to get two tickets kicks at the same can here the complaint was brought before the union by the very same superintendent who fired him and then in a two-day hearing he was cleared of all professional conduct uh allegations against him there was three of them and it wasn't a complicated decision he said he didn't want to be anybody's hearing so they ruined this guy's life kicked him out of his career for doing the right thing and so again what's the moral of the story here there are a lot of good teachers who are against this uh, indoctrination madness in the school, but they don't want to get Lyndon Dorvold. Yeah, because once again, Sheila, the process is the penalty, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't expect your union to stick up for you. Just keep paying them dues. Oh, yeah. And when you're treated unfairly, they will also go after you. Well, 
the way school boards and school unions are these days, Sheila, it's two sides of the same coin. They're all a yeah. bunch of jolly Marxists. Actually, I shouldn't say jolly. Miserable Marxists. Is yeah, they're a, a surly bunch. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so you're not going to get any safe harbor by the union that you pay your monthly dues to. Uh, they're on team woke school board. It's despicable. Uh, I think we're done, actually. Okay. I think we're all wrapped up. Uh, yeah, that's it. We're good. Uh, we're <laughs> we're 25 minutes over time. Um, I think that's it. No more chats. We're done. Well, there you go. We supersized the live stream. Well, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you, especially to those who gave us a donation. We greatly appreciate that. And thank you to super producers, Efren and Olivia behind the boards. And of course, my beloved co-host, I believe two members of the Alberta team uh, will be doing the live stream tomorrow, Friday. And in the meantime, as always, stay safe and stay sane.